0: Looking back, it is just so crazy to think of all of the steps and decisions that needed to be in place for me to land this TEDx speaking opportunity and to think that I almost didn't even apply because I thought that there was no chance of me getting it. So it wasn't even going to be worth my time. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Trang Nova podcast, the podcast for women who know they're made for more. For those of you who are hungry to fulfill your life's purpose and potential and build your dream business of impact while living your truest and fullest life of freedom and fulfillment. We'll explore how you can discover your purpose, transform your mind, live with peace, nurture your relationship with yourself, high performance regimes, pivot careers, build your dream business of impact, and more. My name is Trang, mentor and speaker and your host for the show, and today I am talking about the four types of self-worth that you need to achieve big things. Now to kick off this conversation, this monologue, I'd like to share a story. Last episode, I mentioned that I'm doing a TEDx talk in a couple of months' time. Now, this is such a privilege and an honor because this has been a long time dream of mine for years. I've always revered those who can step onto the TED or TEDx stage, share a powerful, innovative, revolutionary idea because that's what TEDx is all about. That's what TED is about. And that's why I pivoted careers and started my business, because I wanted to share a message and make a difference in this world. And what better way to do that than on the TEDx stage? So looking back at how it all happened, it's crazy to think of all of the steps and decisions that needed to be in place for this opportunity to actualize. Because what happened was I was just scrolling on social media on Sunday night at 9pm and then I come across, a call out um, for TEDx speakers for a TEDx event in Melbourne um, in March of 2024 and I'm like, amazing, I'm absolutely going to apply. When's the deadline of the applications? Oh my god, the next day at midday. So I had obviously seen this application call out pretty late and now I had a 15 hour window to write this like thousands of word um, application, submit it when Mondays are usually my busiest days of work. It's my busiest days of mentoring. So I thought to myself, is it even worth trying? Like so many people are going to apply like I'm probably not going to even get it. So is it even worth killing myself over the next 15 hours to get in this submission? And then I catch myself thinking that. And I, and then I think to myself, hold on a second, Trang. What are you doing? You know how this works. You've got to be in it to win it. So at 9pm on a Sunday night, I rolled up my sleeves and I got to work. I was so focused I worked all the way up until past midnight went to bed the next morning got up went to the gym and then just went straight into it um, hustled on it all morning and then submitted the application just before midday now I knew the applications had now closed so I was expecting some sort of um, response or some sort of confirmation of where I stood relatively soon. So I was just checking my emails every single day. And, you know, Tuesday, no response. Wednesday, no response. And then Thursday, I open up my email and then I see an unread email with a subject line, you know, TEDx Cecil Street in Melbourne, your application. I was like, oh my God, this is it. So I click it. It's a huge body of email with a lot of text and I'm just like scanning it really quickly just to find that one line that's going to tell me whether or not I the application was accepted and I could move on to the next level and then I see it the one line that's in bold that says we loved your application and we would love to offer you a spot as a speaker at TEDx Cecil Street in Melbourne in March 2024 oh my gosh that day was a write-off like I had so much energy just so much adrenaline and excitement I couldn't sit still I was shaking I was screaming I needed to go to the gym to move some of that energy and ultimately you know this has been just such a journey Um, you know even after being accepted as a speaker there have been so many things that have come up you know writing the speech and being on my 15th draft like my 15th version of the draft it's been a whole journey but the reason why I share this story with you is because I almost didn't even apply like that moment on that Sunday night when I was sitting on the fence about what decision I should make what step I should take next I could have gone in either direction but luckily, through all of the personal development and awareness work that I've done, I could catch myself thinking and, and, and doubting myself in that moment and realize that I cannot let my doubt and my like n- elusive narrative in my head dictate what I can and cannot do. So the point is, in that moment, I needed to have self-worth to even give it a shot to even put myself out there and to give myself that chance of being able to achieve this goal of mine and this is the thing you know so many people focus on their actions and willpower in order to achieve big things but it all starts with self-belief and self-worth like think about the first person who invented the plane like no human had ever flown before. Nothing has ever flown before other than like birds. But the Wright brothers had to, first of all, have belief and have a vision that flying was possible. To then also believe in themselves that they had the knowledge and the skill to be able to invent this thing that would fly in the air. Something that no one had ever done before. Many people would have thought that they were just being completely silly and wasting their time, but they believed in themselves to then dedicate their time and energy and resources to invent the plane, which in 1903, the very first plane, and if you see a picture, it's so funny. It's like just this one chair that's on this huge engine just to be able to elevate this machine off the ground. But the first plane was invented. So self-worth is where it all begins and that's why I am such a big proponent of doing the inner work first. I really do believe that our external results are simply a delayed reflection of our internal world. Our external world is simply a delayed reflection of our internal world. Now, something to note is there are different types of self-worth. You can have one type of self-worth and still be missing another, which will cause a struggle or which will be the the thing that holds you back from achieving big things. So I wanna share with you these four types of self-worth that you need to achieve big things. And this is something that I teach and share in my mentoring, in Life of Legacy, um, and something that we actually go into detail and take the steps required to move through and overcome each of these types, or in other words, each of these tiers of self-worth because it's four tiers um, and they actually build on from each other. So let me share with you what they are. The first tier, the first type of self-worth is physical self-worth. So think about someone who is out there doing things that are worthy of feeling self-worth Worth and and self-confidence and self-pride about. You know, maybe they've run a marathon. Maybe they've finished a master's uni degree. Maybe they have worked really hard and they've received a promotion or a pay rise at work. They are physically doing things that give them something to feel worthy about. Compared to someone who, let's say, all day every day, they just sit in their basement and they play video games. Like they're not going to have anything physical to feel self-worth about. And that is the first tier of self-worth. In order for you to even feel worthy and to feel that confidence and self-pride, you need to physically be doing things that are worthy of celebrating. Now, the second tier of self-worth is the next level and we know that there is more to it because how many people do you know in your life and maybe you are one of these people yourself who does incredible things that are worth celebrating but you can't seem to recognize and acknowledge what it is that you've done so i've seen this over and over again like i have clients who like if we were to compare them to society They are crushing it. Like they exercise most days of the week. They're onto their second university degree. They are working a full-time job and running a side hustle. Like they're doing all these things that are admired by many of their friends and family. But they are still riddled with self-doubt. And they don't see what they are truly worthy of they don't see the value in who they are and what they've achieved it's like i um ask them to list things that they are proud of them about themselves and they struggle like they just can't even seem to list any of these things that i've talked about and the reason for that is because they are doing all these things but they're often comparing themselves to people who are further along than them in the journey, and have achieved even more than them. So relative to other people, what they've done is nothing. But that is the problem. You know, you could be doing all of the things in the world to be proud of, but if you can't even mentally acknowledge and recognize the worth and the value of what you've done, then you're not going to be able to see it. You're just not going to be able to recognize your own worth. And this is why once you physically do things on the regular that make you worthy, you need to also regularly mentally acknowledge what you have done. You need to mentally acknowledge it. And that's why at Life of Legacy, one of the exercises that we do is I get everyone to sit down and write down a list of 50 things that they have done in their lifetime that make them proud of themselves. That make them feel worthy. And this exercise is hard, which is interesting because I'm telling you the caliber of women who come to Life of Legacy, they have done a lot in their lifetime, but they sit down and they just are stuck. They just can't think of the things and write them down, but it's a practice. It's a skill. It's something that we've got to do regularly to rewire our brain to see in a different light. We've got to train ourselves to be able to recognize and give ourselves credit for these things rather than bypassing it and then just looking to the next thing that we need to do to be worthy. So that is the second tier of self-worth. Now the third tier of self-worth is this imagine a person in your life who does heaps of things that is worthy of celebration and they're able to list it out. You know, like if you see them at like Christmas dinner, you're like, hey, like you had a pretty good year, hey. And they're like, yep. And they're able to list out that they did an Ironman while also erecting a a side hustle while working their full-time job and raising three kids and two cats and one dog. (laughs) Like They're able to list it out, but they lack the ability to feel the magnitude of self-gratitude, self-pride, and self-love. So what I'm talking about here is the ability to emotionally express and emotionally um, process the the gratitude and the self-pride and the self-love. And there's a difference between mental and emotional. Mental is the intellectual ability to list out all of these achievements and emotional, it's not just the ability to recognize and list it out, but to feel the magnitude of the self-appreciation, self-pride, self-love, self-aw. So they can list out all of these things, but when it comes to pursuing the next stage of their journey in business or career or, you know, as a mother or whatever it is, they are still riddled with imposter syndrome, with doubt, because they still don't truly believe in themselves, even though on paper they see that they have done all of these things. They they don't feel it. And this is what I've observed to be one of the most common weak links in high achievers of our modern world. Because in a fast-paced society, it's always about more, 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 achieving more milestones, more um, like achievements and and more accolades. And then as soon as you get one thing, it's like, okay, what's next? You know, what is the next thing that you're focusing on? You know, what are your next goals? And it's just like so conditioned into us to just bypass our um, achievements and then just move on to the next thing. You know, it is an endless cycle of pursuing more, not to mention like mental mental development is revered and then emotional development or expression is kind of suppressed in today's world. You know, don't show your emotions at work. Don't cry. Don't be overly angry because then you're going to be crazy or you're going to be weak or just a little bit, you know, insane. So we have been conditioned to suppress our emotions and live more at like this monotone robotic way of life rather than being able to feel things. Like when was the last time you stopped for more than five minutes without doing anything to allow yourself to feel something? Whether whether it was excitement, of joy, of grief, of sorrow. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you cried and you allowed yourself to cry rather than just wiping your tears and apologizing to whoever it was that you were with? So the ability to feel self-worth is the, is the third tier that is so crucial in our um development of self-worth. Because if we don't feel it, then do we really have it? Now, the last tier of self-worth is the spiritual tier. And this tier transcends everything else that I've just spoken about. Because when we look at ourselves through the spiritual lens, and this is going to be relevant for you, whether or not you even believe that we have a soul. Um, But when we look at ourselves from the spiritual lens, then we go beyond anything that we are in this physical dimension, in this physical human world that we have curated. So, for example, if you believe in um the fact if you believe that we have a soul, then it could be that it could be that hey, you know, we have a soul and our soul is just as equally worthy as the person next to us as the as the rabbit um that is running in the forest as the lion that is sitting um on the rock um as the moth that is flying across the room right now. You know, we all have a soul and we're all innately equal. But if you don't necessarily see it in that way, you can look at it from a scientific lens as well. And from a scientific lens, um, even through a spiritual, uh, in, even in a spiritual sense, we are all the same. Like whether we are human, we're a book, we are a brick, we are made of the same thing. At the smallest level, we are made from atoms. And atoms are essentially energy you know, atoms are more space and energy than they are solid matter we are all just energy and you know to even take it further back remember when the big bang happened we all arose from the same thing just like this massive explosion of energy right and then that energy started to um become more distinguished into different uh, solid matter matter um, but technically we are all the same so we are all equal. We are all worthy. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to be anything in particular to be more or less worthy. We are worthy because we even exist. And even after beyond our lifetime, like from a scientific lens, what are we going to do? Like We're going to disintegrate and then our body like, the energy is going to be transformed into another state. You know, if we die and then we get eaten by, like, microorganisms, then we'll become the microorganisms. And then the microorganisms will fertilize the grass. And then the grass is going to be eaten by, a, like, a, a tiger. No, t- tigers don't eat grass. Um, <laughs> We're going to be eaten by an antelope, and an antelope gets eaten by a tiger. And I know this is, like, you know, we're not going to, that's probably not going to happen because we're not necessarily um, in the wild, in the circle of life in that way. But in one way or another, our energy is going to be transformed from one form to another. We're going to become the microorganism. We're going to become the grass. We're going to become the antelope. We're going to become the tiger. And we are constantly in circulation and we are constantly in one form or another on planet earth. So the point is, when we can reach that final tier of self-worth and understand that at a spiritual level, however you want to see it, you know whether you believe we have a soul, or whether you don't, but you believe in science, we are innately equal. We are all connected and we all belong because if we didn't belong, then we wouldn't even be here. The fact that we are living and breathing means that we exist. And if we are existing, we are meant to be here. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a coincidence. So those are the four tiers of self-worth. The first one is physical. The second one is mental. Third one is emotional. Fourth one is spiritual. And what I would recommend for you to do is to do some reflection. You know, don't just turn off this podcast and then move on to the next thing. Do some reflection in tonight's journaling session or meditation session and check in with yourself. Where are you lagging the most? Are you doing things that are worthy of celebration? Are you able to mentally credit yourself for all the things that you've done? If you can do that, then are you able to emotionally express and process the feelings of gratitude and pride and self-worth? Do you sit in those emotions? Do you let them move through your body or do you just suppress them and move on? And then if you're able to do that pretty well, then lastly, check in, you know, what is your current map of yourself in a spiritual sense? Like, do you see yourself as being inherently worthy, even if you don't achieve these things? If you, what if you fall ill? What if some, you know, a tragic accident happens and you can't do any of those things? Are you still worthy because you exist and you're here? I'd absolutely say so. And I'm not perfect at this practice myself. I still feel like I go between like the mental and emotional tears of self-worth. But I do practice a spiritual practice every single day where I remind myself that my existence on planet earth is impermanent. And the fact that I'm here and I'm ever existing and everlasting in one form or another is something that is so sacred and so special and, um, you know, I am special, just as everything in this world is special. You know, you are special. Um, my, my family are special. That woman that I don't even know who is across the world from me is special. Um, and so is, you know, that beetle. So is that bird. So is that tree that is in my garden. You know, everything is special and everything is worthy. All right, fam that was quite a jam packed episode. (laughs) Um, I fit a lot in there. So I would love to hear what you thought of it. You know, if you have any questions, if anything resonated with you, even if you have topic requests for future episodes, then please um, hit me up, let me know. And then I would love to be able to honor um, you for listening to the podcast. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And that's it from me for now. So I'll catch you in the next episode.